Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Dr. Dan Todd and his son, Luke Todd, in the studio, uh, also joined by a step-sibling, Nate Ratzloff. Um, This is a family who, uh, Dan, the dad, uh, came uh, came into the Catholic Church a few years ago, and his son, Luke, uh, who is still in high school, I believe, I don't remember, we did the interview a few weeks ago. Um, joined the church just this past Easter. So great conversion stories. It's a beautiful kind of father-son conversion. Um, so I hope you will stick around for that. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald in the studio for some Biblical Bites with Dr. B. And I have to admit, if you're watching this on video, I have a different mic that we are testing out, and it's really messing with me. So as long as you can hear me, that's all that matters right now. <laughs> be, be at peace, Renee. I know, it's just weird. Uh, so, Doctor, Todd, I'm Doctor Bergwald, but Dr. I just have a sacred theology doctor. Doctor Todd is like a real. He's a doctor. he's a real medical doctor. If, if, you, if you need a rhinoplasty, yes, an guy. ENT doctor. Yes, your nose and throat doctor. Yes. So, um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we digress. Where what, what's today, Renee? It is the first Sunday of Advent, which means it's also uh, Advent. <laughs> Yeah, it's yes. like Advent. Well, and therefore it's the first also, Sunday of the liturgical yes. year. So brand new yes. liturgical year started, uh, well, depending Saturday at four o'clock technically. So that is that December 2nd? Yeah, yes. December, December 2nd. 2nd, four o'clock technically. So this this first Sunday of Advent, first Sunday of the liturgical year, uh, we're, so we're kicking off a brand new year. Um, and one of the things I love about the first, especially the first couple Sundays of Advent, so we're all, so new, new liturgical year. Um, new year B. A. It's either C. A or B. C. Oh, C. It's got- <laughs> C. I think we're on year B. Which is what gospel? Luke. I think it's Mark. She's, <laughs> she's, she's trumping. She's like, yeah, it's your B, which is Mark. For, I'm for killing it, at least. <laughs> I just know the answer is not Matthew. <laughs> not Matthew. It right. is not Matthew. That's right. your A, your B, Mark. Um, and what I love about the beginning of Advent is how we, we don't start off the Sundays, the first couple of Sundays of Advent are not about the birth of Jesus. Right. The first couple of Sundays of Advent, so, frankly, are more in line with the last Sunday of the liturgical year last weekend, our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, where they're, they're really looking to not Jesus's first coming in flesh in Bethlehem, his second coming at the end of time. In glory. So, in oh, glory. Goodness. So, for instance, uh, the first reading is from the book of the prophet Isaiah for, for this year, um, first Sunday of Advent, year B. And this is just part of it. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down with the mountains quaking before you. while you wrought awesome deeds we could not hope for, such as they had not heard of from of old. Now, there's a way where Jesus did awesome deeds people couldn't have hoped for. But he was a, he, the first coming was much more um, sly and subtle and secretive. <laughs> sneaky. Sneaky. Very, very sneaky. sneaky. Yes, yes. It was a sneakier. <laughs> At the end of time, it will not be, he will not be sneaking around. Right. There, there won't be any question, Correct. I think. Um, the Psalm, Psalm 80, O shepherd of Israel, hearken from your throne upon the cherubim, shine forth, rouse your power and come to save us. Now, again, that does apply to the first coming of Jesus, mm-hmm. the incarnation, but it also applies in a, in a clearer way in terms of the imagery to the second coming. And then um, St. Paul, the second reading, first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, um, he, that's uh, God will keep you firm to the end, irreproachable on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you firm to the end. And then finally, and, and we're going to focus less 
uh, the remainder of our time today on the gospel, which begins this way. Jesus said to his disciples, be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. And he goes on at the end and ends. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. So be watchful, be, be alert. So it, it's this idea of, uh, well, being watchful and mm-hmm. alert. It's not like, oh, you know, get ready for cuddly Jesus born in Bethlehem. This is not going to be cuddly Jesus. Right. So, so. And, 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 now let me, I don't say that like in a way that uh, this is going to be all like daggers and no, no, swords. No, but, but coming clearly in power yes, and glory. Yes. Um, and I really like this, as especially as we be in Advent, because Advent, it's hard for us to celebrate Advent. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that in years past. Talked about in Catholic views and my uh, show Ignition. It's really hard to celebrate Advent because we're we're doing so many of the practical preparation mm-hmm. for Christmas. We're buying the gifts, wrapping the briefs, gifts. We're um, maybe making cookies, maybe writing Christmas letters. Uh, but the idea of being watchful and alert, like really, I would encourage um, everybody listening or watching, take time for Advent to be Advent. Take up a little penance, do some spiritual practice, but at least set aside time, some time for prayer to be with the Lord, that he will help you be watchful and alert for his presence. And maybe save some time inside. Amen. Thanks. You bet. In the studio with me today, I have three gentlemen, uh, two related to each other. Well, wait. All three related to yeah. each other. Okay, so I have Dr. Dan Todd here. I have his son Luke Todd, Hi. and I have Nate Ratzloff, who was your cousin. Stepbrother. Stepbrother. Cousin. Where did I get cousin? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nate is his stepbrother. So welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, you are here because uh, Jeff Heron, Jeff and Lois Heron, recommended that I have you come in. They said you have a really good conversion story. And Jeff and Lois have their own really good conversion story, so I think they might know. That's right. <laughs> so you were kind enough to come in and share it with everybody. Um, so we're just going to see what happens here because I do not know the story. So I hope it's good and it's more than 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great. All right, Dr. Dan, um, would you please start by just telling us a little bit about you guys and your family and, and what you do here in Sioux Falls? Yeah. So... Um, I moved here with my family in 2002, and I'm an ear, nose, and throat surgeon. Okay. And um, I thought I was having, you know, I, I was raised in a Baptist family or Protestant family. I went to Bethel College, and I went to Northwestern Bible College in Bethel, and I thought I was pretty smart. I was a Bible minor, and I, and I, uh, um, I actually went to a Lutheran high school just because uh, there wasn't any other evangelical free oh, sure. things like that. Yeah. So, but I didn't know much about Catholicism at all. Um, unfortunately, I think, you know, I was pursued a lot of the things that in my life that were, you know, trying to be the, probably neglected my family in certain ways and, and not to make that the, the point of the thing, but went through, my wife left me and we went through, we went through a divorce mm-hmm. and then um, we have five, I have five children together. Sure. Luke is my youngest. Oh, okay. And in a sort of similar situation, Nate's mother, um, Nicole Ratzloff, um, at the time, they went through another a hard time. And they were got a divorce, mm-hmm. and and uh, 
And so we're kind of left in this um, situation where I met, I was introduced to this lady and it's like, oh, and uh, she was um, cradle Catholic and okay. as a matter of fact, almost kind of the um, very conservative, almost really likes the formal Latin orthodox. mass. Orthodox, yeah, yeah, sure. Orthodox yeah. kind of Super thing. Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but somehow <clears throat> she agreed to meet me through a friend and then we kind of started dating and and so I think we actually kind of saw each other for almost 10 years. I only had Tuesday nights with her, and we would go out. And so these guys were kind of, at the time, I think he was like five or six, mm-hmm. and he was six or seven or something. I have a picture, you know, I pictured like how I was just trying to look back and like how young they were. But yeah. they were kind of left in this lurch of who is this guy and who are these people. And 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 then, you know, in our way of thinking, oh, this, you know, if we do this, it could be the Brady Bunch. Well, it wasn't that at all. Right. And it very rarely no, is. <laughs> and, uh, but but um, through a, a series of events, and I, I was absolutely, you know, I, I thought this Catholicism is silly and ridiculous, and I'm kind of I'm kind of a smart guy, and I, I I know a little bit more than these people, and they don't even know their Bible or anything. And as I kind of as I kind of went through that, God kind of led me to to meet some people that really changed my life, and sure. they kind of drew me in. Um, and I just had to meet him. And so even though I sort of, I didn't become Catholic at all because of Nicole, Nate's mom, I, mm-hmm. it was in spite of that. And um, I, I just kind of like, all of a sudden I have uh, Bishop Swain came into my clinic and kind of like, oh, this interesting guy and this and this. And then and then I got to know um, Father Ed Anderson a little bit. Oh, sure, yeah. And I was just really taken aback at like, okay, so this guy was the chief of anesthesiology over at Sioux Valley, mm-hmm. did the first open heart in Sioux Falls, and and he gave everything away, and he went out to Boston to become a priest, and and he lives at Prince Peace and goes to the VA, and I see him, like, like I was just so intrigued by the what he actually did yeah. with that. And and, uh, and I, I actually went and talked to him a couple times over at Prince of Peace, and he was just so kind and just so, and I knew he, how intelligent he was. Mm-hmm. He's an Ivy League, Notre Dame guy, and yeah. just like, wow, and he was, um, and I just found that to be incredibly intriguing. And I think the thing that really started my journey to Catholicism was Monsignor Mahold. I don't oh, know sure. if you know Monsignor. I never got to meet him, but— uh, So he was the him. most kind, gentle—he comes into the my clinic, and he had rhino rockets. He had a nosebleed, and they stuffed these big tampon-like <laughs> things in your nose, and they're like 10 <laughs> centimeters. They're huge. And he came in there, and most people are swearing and angry and— Feel terrible, and he comes in, blessing and feeling, you know, just saying, oh, "What a, what a wonderful! Thank you so much for seeing me." And he was so grateful and just so attractive as a mm-hmm. person. I took those out and didn't do much. He wasn't bleeding, and we got him fixed up and everything. And, and I just, guys, I just was kind of like, "Huh?" I kind of got, I got to get to know this guy. And um, he said, "Well, you come over and talk." And and so I had these kind of lists of some questions, you know, my Protestant questions about what about this and this, and you know, and how smart I was and and he would and he just was so kind to me and yet he really put me in my place with he was they called him encyclopedia mahold because he knew everything oh, wow. in his books and, <laughs> and he had like six PhDs and he uh-huh. goes over and he goes, Oh Daniel, what a wonderful question. He goes, Oh, it's just when I when I did my like my sixth PhD over in Jerusalem <laughs> and and uh, prior to that in Rome, I wrote this two volume set on just that yeah. subject. I thought about this for and I wrote this volume, two volume set over four years on just that question. You probably like, wanted oh. to slink down in your chair right yeah, about then. And like, oh. and he was just, <laughs> but the intellectual superiority he had and the thoughts, and yet how far advanced he was. 
And yet he would come back to me where I was, and he would say, you know, it's as shallow as a, a mouse can wade in it. Or if you want to go deeper, an mm-hmm. elephant could drown in the in the the deepness of Christ's love and what you can do. And I was just like, <laughs> you just kind of walk out there, ha, huh. and and just seeing how he lived. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that and that just like I was just in awe of him, and I got to know him. And Nicole and I went out to dinner with him a few times. And another patient of mine over at St. Lamp was a had a cancer, and I fixed his voice box and put a thyroplasty in him, and. He dragged me to men's a men's retreat at Broom Street. Dragged me. <laughs> yeah, he did literally. I I was I I hated it. I went. He took me for, you know, the, but I was I, and Father Mason was there and I mm-hmm. talked to him. He's about my age and I was just intrigued by what his intellectual spirit. He was just he's an yeah. attorney and he was so great and just learning those things that I was very much attracted to the faith. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, I, I this Peter Kurth was at St. Lambert's. This patient of mine. Um, he was taking another fellow through RCIA and told me, I said, well, can I do that? I'm like, I'll go through this. I'd like to do that. Yeah. And so I went through the RCIA program at St. Lambert's. And um, What year was that? I don't know exactly. Um, it was probably seven or okay. eight years ago or okay. something like that. Sure. But it's funny, you know, it was funny. I invited, uh, nobody from my, my family's all Protestant. They mm-hmm. were not at all, they, they, they had, it's almost like it's crazy, kind of an anti-Catholic Well, that's vibe. not crazy. That's normal. <laughs> and uh, we get and that I was a lot. like, so I had Nicole and I think Nate and, and um, his brother were there, and, and uh, they were the only people there, my guests. And then I thought Monsignor Hold was going to come. And I'm mm-hmm. like, where is he going to sit? What's, where's Monsignor going to be? And then all of a sudden the processional starts from outside, and Monsignor's leading it, and he right. walks out and he sits up front. Yep. And so throughout that thing, he came down and gave, and he says, my, he gave my, because my, I wanted to give my friend his first communion. And so he, he gave me my first communion. On the rail, you know, at at St. Lambert's, uh-huh. it was a very special time. It was, yeah, it was amazing to to enter into the church, and that's been a um, it's been a just a wonderful thing for um, a foundation of truth. Yeah, and and the more I learn, the more I'm like, oh. And Nate's mom, my wife, is has been just a stalwart, and she's so. She's so good. She cares so much more about what God thinks than what I think. And um, that, that's a really good and, and, thing. And, and she's and it's been a, it's just been a blessing. And then as, as the two, you know, so Nicole also had five kids, and mm-hmm. I have five kids. So oh wow, like yeah, ten kids, yeah. And and these two, the youngest, have kind of been the only ones that have really um, just the age. The other ones were older, mm-hmm. so they. But these guys have bonded in and brotherhood. Where um, when Luke. You know, I've been trying. I tried to get Luke and his older brother Blake, and, I, and I'm hoping Blake will sometime, you know, someday come to the church. But um, I tried to bring them to RCA one time with Jeff, and they just weren't ready. They weren't right. having it, and it was just like, uh. yeah. And um, and so, but Blake and and Luke had, had been diligent about coming, and they've learned about Catholicism a lot, and they never find any objections. You know, obviously, and it's, I, as I went through, you know, I read Scott Hahn's book and Steve Ray's book, and and. Um, John Bergsma and all these people yep. that are just um, incredibly brilliant scholars, and you mm-hmm. find that there's a, a lot of very hungry, brilliant uh, scholars that are open, that are Protestant, that become Catholic. Yeah, yeah. But it never goes the other way. Right. And Not usually. You can you can, yeah. you can lazy your way into the Protestant church, <laughs> which can. that the mass the masses yeah. do because you yeah. don't have to go and stuff. And, yeah. But um, if you study the church fathers and you study. 
if you look at the history of the church and the things that, like, the more I learned, like, wow, that what did they, this is what they did. They, they do the Catholic, they did the Eucharist, and they do this, and they had, and so the more, the more I learned about the, you know, the more interested, the more, the more sure I am of that's the path, and I want my other kids to, to know that this is, this is the best way. Now, I know my mom and my dad didn't have the sacraments, and I think they're in heaven because they were so diligent and so, um, they kept the faith and they loved the Lord, but they didn't have the sacraments and it was more difficult. I mean, really it's, it's important. I think, especially in a, in a marriage, um, that if there's a spouse that isn't Catholic, that they have to find their own way. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of patience involved with that. So your wife, Nicole must have oodles of patience she does. and oh, trust. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, good. So, okay. Uh, Luke, as you're watching your dad, go mm-hmm. uh, go through all this. This obviously had an effect on you. Yeah. You uh, converted when? Just recently. Yeah, I mean, just like his, when he first met Nicole, I mean, he just kind of changed as a man. I don't know. He's mm-hmm. more happy and like everything he had, he was doing, he had a purpose. Right. And um, he, was, he was always just crazy about his faith. Um, but then when he changed to the Catholic... Crazy in a good way? Good, yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and... Um, uh, what was the question again? Well, how was it for you as you were watching him oh. go through that? I mean, how did that help you decide to come into the church? Yeah, I don't know. It was it was him and then my stepmother as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just kind of, I don't know, helped me along. I, I did kind of get dragged to RCIA for the first time, <laughs> like he did do his thing. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I just kind of started learning more about it. And it was a lot of things that, because I grew up Protestant as well. Right. I went to Sioux Falls Christian. Mm-hmm. And I just learned a lot of things that I didn't learn in high school and right. middle school. And they felt like important things. And yeah. I like I don't I felt like the whole Catholic faith in general was just more focused on Christ. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I felt like Protestant like church especially was almost like a concert. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like it was it was I liked it. I liked it a lot, but like I really like focusing on like the history of Christ and Mm -hmm. why things are the way that they are. And like, Mm -hmm. that's why kind of the mass spoke to me Yeah, and I really enjoy the Catholic mass like that. So yeah, it was definitely, definitely a help that he joined and my stepmother as well. Yeah. Yeah, It's really good to hear a young person say that about the mass, because I think a lot of churches, a lot of people think that, well, if we don't have a concert or something that's flashy and so on, the young people aren't going to like it. But right. we're finding over and over again that that's really just not true. Yeah, so exactly. once yeah. they discover it. Mm-hmm. So, um, Nate, you were uh, Luke's sponsor to come into the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that your first time was, being yeah. a sponsor? Yeah. How, how was that? Were you, um, did you have to help him through some things? Did he ask you lots of questions? How'd that go? Uh, I thought it was really cool. I was, after it happened, I was, I was really proud of him because as a young kid in today's world, being Catholic is not like <laughs> the thing to be, if you want, especially like mass. I noticed, um, mass isn't the most entertaining thing, but through that, Luke still like found meaning in it, mm-hmm. which really stood out to me and Dan as well, too, because both of them, Dan is always writing in his book, taking notes about mass. Yeah trying to like become a better person. And through that, I see Luke doing that too. And it stands out to me. And that's why I'm so proud he made the decision to join the Catholic church yeah. and pick me to guide him through that. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Do you serve at the altar? I don't. 
Sir Beetle. Okay. I didn't know if I had seen you because we, of course, re- record TV Mass mm-hmm. every week or every weekend. And I was like, hmm, have I seen him up there? But no. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, do any of the three of you have a favorite part? Well, you're, you've been Catholic a while. Let's ask <laughs> the two newbies. Is there a favorite thing about Catholicism for you so far? Well, I think the thing, um, you know, as I learned, as I, as I learned about the, so I had no idea, honestly, as a Protestant about, we, about the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. We took communion and it was kind of like, oh, this is once a month. And it was a cracker and a, and grape juice. And it made the service 15 minutes longer. And like, oh no. <laughs> Something not to and, look forward to. And so, um, in studying that, you know, even like with Scott Hans, the fourth cup, and then Brant Petrie's, the Jewish roots of the Eucharist, mm-hmm. I just am fascinated how, how, um, Christ diligently was the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. and through the pass, through the Passover, and through the Passion, and everything He did. To ev- I, ha- I matter of fact, I, I, have a, I have this in my garage. Everything He did, everything He said, everything, down to the cup of wine and what He said. That how He was the Lamb of God and mm-hmm. the sacrifice. It's amazing. And then when you're in Mass, and I didn't even figure that out till a while. That 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 priest is in persona Christi, just as they are in the confessional. Mm-hmm. And they are in the person of Christ offering up their blood and body to God the Father. Right. And we're at the foot of the cross. And it's like this perpetual thing. It's like we always want to, because can you imagine Christ walking through his time, seeing people crucified all the time, mm-hmm. knowing that was his fate, mm-hmm. and um, and how, how that was... Everything weighed on it, and he said, "Do this in remembrance," and that was it. And so we go back and do that. And the stations of the cross, I love the stations. Yeah, yeah. I love the the Eucharist, and if you can sit there and feel what he did for us, um, you know, that's what I love about the Eucharist. Yeah. I think it's just like it's amazing. And then and the the, the scholarliness of it, as you mm-hmm. go back yeah. and you look at, you know. Um, uh, Ignatius of Antioch, who was the disciple of John, who who you know uh, knew all the other disciples, even said, you know, this is if you if people that don't say this is not the true presence, don't stay away from them. And right. All throughout the early church, it was practiced, you know, the mass. Mm-hmm. So I I love that. And then you know, on another note, I I love confession. It just seems like that something like I need, mm-hmm. and that was never an option. So that would yeah. be something that I trying to do more often and, yeah. and it's just like wow and why you're you're like you have a, you're a state of grace like, this is awesome <laughs> that's something that uh us cradle catholics can really learn from converts to be honest yeah. because uh we aren't always super excited about confession we're like oh no i have to go to confession so honestly that's really good mm-hmm. when when we hear that from you guys it's like we have to really change our our attitude about it yeah. sometimes so yeah. luke anything for you um, maybe like, honestly, just the significance of everything in the mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when, during RCA, we did the tour of the cathedral yeah. and we got to ask Father Morgan a lot of questions about specific parts. And it seems like every single part in the cathedral has a meaning to it. And it's, it's all like traditional. It's been passed down through history and it's pretty cool to see. And especially in comparison to the churches that I've gone to before, where it's just, you know, there's a new theme every month. All right, so we've got a couple minutes left. So I have just one question I want to ask the two of you real quick. Um, If you, Dan, if you 
uh, had someone say to you, hey, I'm thinking about maybe becoming Catholic? I would say go for it. It's like it is the ultimate truth, and I, I think that um, on there's there's certain things on life that that are are just worth following, and I think that the the Catholic Church is the one true church started by Jesus Christ, and although man will do his best to screw everything up, it is the most it is the most um, pervasive truth, and if you follow those teachings. Um, you'll you'll be the happiest. And if you try to follow God's will to the nth degree, that will be your best life. I really believe that. It will achieve holiness. Yes, yeah. I hope. <laughs> Especially if a young if a young man or or a young woman came to you, what would you say to him? Yeah, I mean, I would say if you're 100 percent serious, I would do the research yeah. and on it, like go through RCAA, maybe even just like a couple classes. And mm-hmm. It's it's. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that was really brand new to me that really just hit me and kind of changed me as a person. So yeah, yeah, do the research, I'd say. Yep. And you know, uh, going through RCIA does not mean you have to become Catholic. No, no. Uh, that's one of the beauties of it is you can go through more than once. You can go through a couple of classes and then be like, Hey, it's not for me. I don't think that'll happen. But some people actually go through a couple of times before they become Catholic and that's totally fine. So, um, guys, we are out of time. I really appreciate you coming in. Nate, I know you didn't get to say a lot, but I'm really glad you, <laughs> I'm glad you came here and thank you for being sponsor for Luke. That's really a great thing that you did for your stepbrother, brother. I have some step-siblings and half-siblings. Guys, and yes, that's Nate the thing. Has been, yeah. like, Luke will say that Nate's probably taught him more than any other man and, uh, and they're awesome. just great brothers. So that's, that's good. Uh, that's good. They, I'm glad great. you have that relationship. Thank you, Dan, for yeah. coming and I appreciate it. And, uh, I hope I never have to come see you as a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) No offense. That's all right. (laughs) Thanks a lot, you guys. Thank you. Before we go today, I want to leave you with two things. Uh, First, for all our viewers and listeners, as you are out and about doing errands or Christmas shopping, if you're approached by uh, uh, to sign a petition regarding an abortion amendment in South Dakota, please decline to sign that petition Even if they make it sound like a pro-life or pro-family amendment, it is not. It's important that we don't let this. It's important that we don't let what happened in states like Ohio and Michigan happen here in South Dakota. So protect the unborn and decline to sign. The other, the second piece is I wanted to give you some Advent resources. Uh, Of course, we are now on our first Sunday of Advent. Uh, We have a few things that you can go check out. Last week, uh, Catholic Views episode was with Father Schaefbauer, Father Zach Schaefbauer from Holy Spirit Parish in Sioux Falls, uh, talking about the history of Advent, giving us some really good ideas of some things we could do at Advent um, he also has a story in the December Bishop's Bulletin kind of around that same thing. So if you want a little bit more <clears throat> or if you'd rather read than listen, uh, check that out in the Bishop's Bulletin. Also in the Bishop's Bulletin, the feature story, Bishop's Column, uh, both of those are um, on Advent. So the, Bishop, uh, the feature story is around silence. Uh, we use a lot more of that right now. So um, there's also a little bit in there about the O Antiphons which is toward the last part of Advent. You've probably heard of them, um, so check those out. Um, And uh, of course, in our email newsletter, which comes out each week, you can find all kinds of things uh, about Advent all through the month of December. So I hope you'll check those out. 
That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.